So speaking of recipes, this is something that uh, my mom used to make uh, on Thanksgiving, and that was the only time of year that I ever remember having it, and I always look forward to it. Uh, You guys may already know about uh, about this. It's called cherry Coke salad. And of course, it's a cold dish, and I guess really it's it's a dessert. Um, but it is it has the Coke flavor, it has the cherry flavor. Uh, I want the has, recipe. It <laughs> has the, fabulous. Has the pecans in it, and it was something that I always looked forward to. You're listening to a four by four by four radio network podcast. Are you ready? It's the G Dog Show. With Wendy, there will be body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's it's good for my soul. Chuck. Yeah, I don't think so. And well, I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Hashtag Jeep Talk Show. Hashtag giveaways. Please use that in your social media posts. And uh, you know, if you're if you're on something that you can share our post, uh, we would really, really appreciate that. I guess uh, TikTok is the only one you can actually do reposts on now. I, I think that you have to kind of go outside the the normal Instagram thing uh, to share those posts. But uh, if you see it on Facebook, please share that. Please tell your friends. And uh, the uh, oh, and, and recently uh, I was uh, recommending that whenever you uh, get your newsletter, which you can uh, sign up for jeeptalkshow.com/contact, that uh, you uh, when you get your newsletter, it's an email. Forward it to some people. Uh, if you got a, an email list, forward it to the list. Damn it! Uh, you, you can only be banned once, right? That's right. <laughs> So the JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find out more information about the Jeep Talk Show at jeeptalkshow.com. How are we doing, Jeeper? I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I've got a whole trio of Jeep news stories that will take us all over the U.S. and back from Jeeps to trails to restaurants and everything in between. Later in the show, I begin a multi-part series on used winch buying, so stick around. Howdy, it's Wendy, and don't forget you can catch newbie nuggets on our Tuesday episodes. I talk about all kinds of topics for the newest of Jeepers. Hey, I'm Tony, and... It's Thanksgiving! Ah, the only time where it's justified okay. you play yes. that soundbite. Yes, you can play that this time. Happy you're not, Thanksgiving. You're not the boss of me. <laughs> Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. I want to give a shout out to all the Jeepers that participated in some history making a couple few weeks back. Now, ordinarily, you don't associate a late fall month like November with outdoor automotive events or activities, especially ones Jeep-related. November is most commonly known for falling leaves, cold wind, rain, and a diabetic coma from eating too much Halloween candy before gearing up for the monster of all feasts, Thanksgiving dinner. Nowhere in that does it scream outdoor Jeep show and shine to me, but... Virginia decided to throw caution to the wind and say, screw you to conventional timing. We're doing this our way. And they did it, too. On the first weekend of November, I believe it was the first ever Virginia Beach Jeep Fest made for quite a spectacle at the oceanfront. Hosted by the city of Virginia Beach itself, Virginia Beach Events, I Am Going, and Delmarva Jeep Events, Jeep Fest was presented by Eastern Truck and Accessories and Hall uh, Hall Jeep of uh, Virginia Beach in Chesapeake. 
Now, what made this event historical was the fact that this show was the first time that the public was allowed to drive on the sands of Virginia Beach. There was an early morning beach cruise on both Saturday and Sunday, and a sand obstacle course where Jeeps could make their way across hills, rollers, and obstacles, and end with a photo op next to King Neptune. The public was invited to watch the Jeeps from the boardwalk, and they turned out in droves to see the action unfold. After all, this was the first time that anybody had seen anything other than emergency vehicles out on the sand, let alone a whole bunch of Jeeps out there having fun. There were also several free events going on around the area, including a 4x4 village where vendors showcased off their products and services, and a display zone where Jeep owners were able to show off all their Jeeps. Now, the event ended with a massive Jeep show and shine with an award show where participating Jeeps got to compete for votes and display and show off their vehicles. So, was it all a success? Well, for this first time ever event, they had over 700 Jeepers registered. So wow. I think Virginia is doing the Jeep thing quite well. So hats off to all you guys down there at Virginia Beach. You guys are just knocking it out of the park. And if you were at this event and would like to share your thoughts on the whole thing, we'd encourage you to call in and leave us a voicemail or even hit us up on any of our social media outlets, or you can always just send us an email. We'd love to hear what you thought about it. You know what? I actually got to see some video someone had posted on these Jeeps doing this course on the sand, and it looked really cool. I mean, what? how exciting for them to be able to drive on the on the, the beach, and it was done in a nice formation of some turns and, you know, little, um, I don't know what you want to call them, like little mounds and things that could go over. It was really right. cool. The video was excellent. So, I love these pictures, too. You guys got to check this out in the show notes, but I love the photo of all the Jeeps parked in that parking lot. That is so impressive. Is that not cool as all hell? I mean, that's more Jeeps than you'd find at any Jeep dealer anywhere in the United States. Yes. I mean, they're, they're, so I, I did some rough math on this and, and I counted well over 400 Jeeps in, in that picture. Wow. 400 Jeeps in one parking lot. That's insane. Yeah. And, no, and, was, and they're all nicely parked, too. There isn't like there's oh, any yeah. fighting. <laughs> no, it was great. So, uh, obviously, a, a very, very uh, a cool event uh, went off without a hitch, from what I can tell. Uh, I, I don't know if there was funds raised for a, a charity, uh, any kind of proceeds going to, to, to a good cause or anything like that. Again, this is the first ever. I'm sure they're going to be doing this on a regular basis now. Uh, whether or not it's held the same weekend every month, I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, Virginia Beach doing uh, doing their own version of a, G- a Jeep Beach Week, if you will, uh, um, and uh, and just knocking it out of the park. So so good job, Virginia. Uh, you, you did it really good. So what changed to allow them to, to actually drive on the beach? Is this something that has changed permanently, or it's a one time thing that they have to request? That's also a good question. I I don't know, Tony. I'm I'm guessing that because Virginia, the city of Virginia Beach was involved in this, that they sort of you know. They make the rules, they can break the rules. So it was probably one of those, this is going to be a one-time only thing. Um, obviously, from what you can see in the second picture of the obstacle course, the, the Jeeps on the beach, the beach got torn up. I mean, you know, you put you put three, 400 Jeeps out on the sand, uh, four-wheel drive, making corners, you know, going through stuff. I mean, it, it's going to tear things up. I would bet my bottom dollar they brought out a whole team of bulldozers and regraded the entire beach after this event was done. They would have had to have. Otherwise, people walking around, all those ruts and everything, it would have been an absolute tripping and, and folded ankle hazard like you wouldn't believe. So for the sake of, uh, uh, you know, uh, insurance and all that alone, I'm, I'm sure that they... They wanted to clean up afterwards and, and make sure that things went back to normal. 
So with that being said, you know, I, I would say that the success of this and the fact that everything went off so well and they got such a huge response, there may be a, a ballot initiative or something coming up on, on uh, you know, in, in an upcoming, uh, um, you know, something to the voters to where they can vote on whether or not uh, an initiative comes out to where they can be allowed to drive on the beach from now on. Who knows? Or maybe only on the weekends or maybe only between the months of May and October or something like that. You know, I don't know. But nonetheless, uh, Virginia's out there, and, and they're doing it good, and and, uh, and I'm proud of you guys. I guess we're pretty lucky. I mean, I don't really care for the Galveston uh, water and uh, the beach and all that stuff. It's just kind of kind of nasty most of the time, although there have been reports of uh, clear water out there. I haven't heard it in a while, but that really surprised me because Galveston water is never clear. Uh, and uh, But anyway, uh, we, we can drive on the beach. I mean, you don't know special permission. You just go out there and drive. You can drive quite a, quite a ways uh, of course, the whole thing about uh, um, uh, the what's the what's the event? I'm brain farting. Topless uh, uh, Daytona. Go topless uh, day. Um, oh, the uh, that that whole event. Uh, I mean, it's and and actually, it's supposed to be uh, considered some of the the regular roadways in, in Texas. The beach is so it's of course it's not paved or anything. So anyway, I, I, I this was really surprised to hear that this isn't something they can do anytime. Uh, and the the other thing I was wondering is if this if this was any kind of an event that uh, caused if not direct income for the city but indirect income for vendors in the area that probably will have a lot to do with uh, whether or not it happens again. Now yeah. out here in Oregon, I'm I, you know I'm obviously a, a Pacific Coast a, a West Coast state. Uh, the beach is only about an hour and a half away from me or so or thereabouts, um, and we do get to drive on the beach in some areas. In some areas, it's still illegal. That's um, interesting. And in some areas, you have to have a permit. But in er- other areas, I mean, there's like a ten mile stretch between like Gearhart and Warrenton, Oregon. It's up on the north coast, uh, north side of, of, of Oregon, um, where driving is permitted. And you can, I mean, any hour of the day, day or night, there's absolutely zero restrictions. Just don't get stuck. <laughs> yeah. It's just like going any place. You have to uh, uh, make sure you can get yourself out. Yeah, here exactly. in California, you're not allowed to drive on the beach. The only place I'm aware of is Pismo, and they're trying to shut that down. To keep oh. the vehicles off and that's all the off-roaders too not just the you know vehicles yeah. but when we were on our motorcycle trip and got to florida we did um get to see just a little bit of daytona and it was so weird to see vehicles on the beach because that's not something that i see in southern california we, we just don't ever see a vehicle it's a lifeguard or someone like that so i was gonna say I yeah think, yeah i think this would be cool to drive on the beach i think it'd be a great experience so i'm glad that they did it and i'm excited that we got pictures to see it so that's cool so I Just suspect hose that, um, your Jeep off really good afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I, I was oh trying. Gosh, to, I was yes. trying to stay away from that. I hate going to the beach with a Jeep, especially one that you've modified and you're going to keep for a while. Yeah, uh, no. And, and the, the the rust start, comes up, Josh. You know, it's it doesn't matter okay. where you are because you're going to get rust anyway. But uh, down here, we don't have to worry about rust unless you go to the beach all the time. Uh, but uh, Wendy, I have a, a theory about uh, California. I think they're trying to ban people. And, and they and they can't. You would ban, be right. <laughs> yeah, and they can't ban people, so they're trying to make it so uncomfortable everybody oh, will leave. You you are so close to the truth, you don't even know it. Pretty sad. Just quit coming to Oregon already. God. Yeah, really. I know. Tennessee, Texas, <gasps> and Florida are getting a lot of uh, a lot of. Yes, too. but don't uh, California those states, people. Seriously, just yeah. leave California. You're here. you're moving to those states for a reason. Don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. Yeah. Too, too late here. But, uh, I digress. <laughs> I know. 
Well, check this out. I didn't order a side of Jeep with this meal. Mm -hmm. that, that's the headline that I'm going to put for this story. Imagine if you will. It's a lovely fall afternoon. The sky is clear. The wind is brisk. And you decide to get out for the afternoon and, and go, eat, go out to eat for lunch. After Ooh. all, I mean, it's, it's a nice day, right? You can use yeah. some sunshine. So you load up and you head out. You pick a quaint little diner in the historic part of downtown Yorktown. They're known for their incredibly delicious baked goods, excellent sandwiches, and overall just amazing fare. You sit, you order, you begin to take in the decor of the restaurant as your food arrives. The smell is enticing. The presentation is amazing. And you know that this is going to be one of the best damn lunches you've had in a long time. You go in for that first bite, when all of a sudden there's a white J.K. Willie sitting where your lunch used to be. <laughs> Daylight is now pouring through a giant hole in the wall where there used to be a nice Norman Rockwell painting, and you've got a Jeep bumper in your lap. Your lunch is nowhere to be found. Mm. Thankfully, nobody was injured in this crash when a Jeep jumped a curb and crashed through the wall of a restaurant on Commerce Street in Yorktown Heights. Fire department officials said the vehicle had jumped a curb, went down an embankment, and through the wall of the occupied restaurant. Firefighters, of course, evacuated the building, secured the uninvited Jeep, the building utilities, of course, as well, and checked the structural integrity of the building. Once the poor Willies was safely removed from the building, the town of Yorktown Building Department inspected the structure and found it to be, well, needing some repairs. It's almost kind of strange. You know, last, the last, was it Tuesday's episode, you talked about a 22-year-old ramming their Jeep into a pole. Do you think there's something to all this? Is you this know, a I, fad? I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't get the age of, well, other ends of the, uh, of the, of the, of the state or other ends of the country as well, but I, I didn't get the age of, uh, of this driver. Um, and it was unclear, at least from the reports that I was read, whether or not uh, there was a medical issue possibly at fault for this. Uh, they yeah. did say that alcohol, drugs, and speed were not a factor in any of this. Okay. Uh, so that leads me to believe either unattention, just a bad accident, or possibly a medical episode of some kind or another. Mm. Nonetheless, no injuries. Can you believe that? That's shocking, though. When you see the pictures, yeah, you got to check them you out. see Oof. the pictures, right. I mean, it looks like a freaking tornado went through this restaurant yeah i'm surprised uh, the patrons inside didn't get hit or run over uh, that, literally that's what i'm saying is it's just a miracle that that people were able to jump out of the way got pushed out of the way didn't end up underneath the jeep or underneath any of this debris i mean not so much as cuts and bruises from what i could tell in the reports so uh, uh, pretty amazing that there was no serious injuries at least Maybe it's been too long. I don't know why anybody doesn't put free on the front of those Willys Jeeps. Because <laughs> they're still a $20,000 plus vehicle? Or free, I don't <laughs> free Willy! Free Willys! Oh, come yeah. on! <laughs> I had to say it because Josh didn't get it. <laughs> well, I didn't get it either, so that's how bad it was. <laughs> yeah, but I, was, I wasn't attacking you though, Wendy. <laughs> oh, no, I <it> wasn't. <laughs> You know, I expect more of that out of Nikki G. <laughs> I was just going to say, is Tony vying for that for that position? I don't know, Nikki. You better step it up. <laughs> it's free Willie. I know. It's not the Willies, but, you know, maybe maybe he has a pod. So Yeah, okay. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've all known individuals like this. Maybe not the brightest bulb in the sign. I'm not hey. pointing to you, Tony. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe lacks that common sense gene. Just can't seem to keep himself out of trouble. Oh but damn, if he doesn't have one sick, capable Jeep. Now, there was a guy who earned this, earned his own nickname when I was president of the Northwest chapter of Naxia way back when. 
He went night wheeling one time and, well, completely missed the trailhead marker that indicated that this particular, very steep, very narrow trail full of switchbacks and trees was meant only for bikes and quads. Oh, and oh single, from, single track. Hence, his name from that night forward would forever be Quad Trails. Oh, no. Good guy. Good guy. They're really, no, he's salt of the earth kind of folk. Now, perhaps you've known somebody like this, Hilk. Uh, a new generation of this person has just been inducted into the dumb Jeeper Hall of Shame. Oh. So the police responded to a local park in Florida earlier this week after a man in a Jeep got stuck while attempting to drive down a mountain bike trail. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, according to an incident report, the 43-year-old Ormond Beach man told police that he had just finished building the Jeep and thought that the trail was open for utility vehicles. He allegedly didn't realize that it was a mountain bike trail. Right. (laughs) The reporting officer noted that the man's Jeep was stuck up to the axles in mud right Mm. in the middle of the trail with a tree lodged in the right side of his (gasps) front bump. Yeah, you're just all up in it, aren't you there, pal? (laughs) Well, the man had attempted to remove his vehicle several times, but buried the Jeep in the mud and broke the Jeep's winch all in the process. Way to go, Jeeper. Go big or go home, right? (laughs) Well, you're going neither in this incident. Well, according to the reports, he was eventually able to get the winch working again somehow, by some miracle, and the man was able to remove the Jeep off the trail in a safe manner. Local mountain bike enthusiasts, however, have started collecting donations to fund a manhunt for said Jeep. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. He's 43, so he should know better. I mean... Old enough to know better, right? Come on, seriously. I mean, on, and, man. and listen, what, what do I say to all the newbies? If you can't see where you're driving or what the trail's like, get out and walk it. He would have then seen it. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll, I, I, don't, I'll, I don't know about, I don't know about where, where this guy was at. Out here in Oregon, there, there's a lot of mountain biking going on. And yes. there, there are, I mean, there's, there's a, a, a place called Powell Butte. It's not even a 15, 20 minute drive from where I'm sitting right now. And it is a huge downhill mountain biking yeah. mecca. They, it's this, this natural hill in the middle of the city. Uh, mm-hmm. It's all, you know, park area and stuff. There's a whole ton of trails up there and it's all downhill mountain bikes. I've ridden on several of those trails myself. I've got a, a very nasty crash story about that trail, but uh, <clears throat> nonetheless, uh, it is all very, very, very well marked. And, and mm. you would have to be very deliberate in your actions to even get a vehicle to even the beginning of one of these trails, mm-hmm. let alone all the way halfway down the middle of it and buried in mud. So this guy, I've given him an A for effort, man. So I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, a man will make it fit. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so I might be the single explanation for this. I, I actually wish they would give him a dumb Jeeper Hall of Shame award because he needs to be wearing that. Well, what a great <laughs> honor badge that would be. Yes. A man will make it fit. <laughs> <laughs> but if you subscribe today to the Jeep Talk Show, guess what? <laughs> Cody's going to produce a badge like that for you. And we'll so, make it Wen- fit. Wendy, where, where you live, your, your proximity yeah. to, to a, a massive wheeling destination, uh, there has to be trails out there that are classified yep. for vehicles uh, other than, than Jeeps. Am I, am I yes. right? Yes, yes, there's and, definitely, and there had, yeah. There had to have been at least once or twice over the last decade or two, somebody that has gotten their Jeep on one of these trails. Well, Wendy, right? the, the paved surfaces before you get onto Gold Mountain, those are designated for the, the new Broncos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of the mountain biking trails 
And I oh, guess I somebody, bet. I bet somebody area. could be stupid enough to do that. But I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still trying to think what was going through this person's brain yeah. when that trail doesn't show two wheels. And he said utility vehicle. Does he think that he is a UTV or yeah, a side-by-side? Side? I mean, is that, that, that part of, of what he's thinking? Like, hello, dude. Well, wouldn't one of the early, have. wouldn't one of the military Jeeps possibly fit on that trail? Because they are a lot no, smaller. No, not on a mountain no, bike. Not really? No way. Not even, that's a, really. that's, a, that's, a that's considered it, a, yeah. yeah, those kind of trails are considered single track, as in you got right, one yeah. front tire, one rear, right? Right. Even a quad would have a hard time on some of those mountain bike trails to do it. Oh, that's four yeah. wheels. There's no way. You're right. Yeah, I mean, even a yeah. quad would be would be too large be for tough. some trails yeah. up on, on that Powell Butte area that I was talking about just here in no my way. neck. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and I mean, with the, and so I don't know, maybe, maybe there's no trees out there, but, you know, I think of mountain bike trails <laughs> out here in the Pacific Northwest oh. littered with trees. With trees, I mean, that's what we have, yeah. 10 feet without no. hitting a tree. No. So how he was able to get his Jeep Onto the trail first of all, that let alone down the trail so far that he's halfway down the halfway down this this trail and then got it stuck in mud. I mean, it's just like oh. So you, you. so I want to ask too, where are the social media people? I mean, they're out everywhere, right? They take pictures of everything. Where are the pictures of this? We need to see this. <laughs> well, I'm I'm guessing that that he was out. He was probably uh, uh, it was late at night or something. It was after dark. Most downhill mountain bikers typically don't hit the trails in the dark. That's typically That's a daytime activity. Yeah. So chances are the area was vacant. You know. Um, but somebody saw some headlights in the trees. <laughs> was like, what the hell's going on up there? Decided, you know, maybe oh. a cop was just, he was on his patrol and he saw some lights where there shouldn't have been or something, you know, heard the gotta motor. Pay, I, I don't yeah. know. Well, you got to pay attention to your signs. Otherwise you get the cops on himself. I, you know, yeah. Hey, otherwise you're going to get a sign. Yeah. Here, here's your sign. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's everybody, anybody that ever needed a sign. It's this guy. This guy's right. got to wear it around his neck. Here's your sign, dude. Well, what do you think about this story? Do you know somebody who's like this yourself? <laughs> I, I bet you do. Uh, go ahead and let us know uh, what this person's story is. We, we have a, a voicemail line. You get three minutes. I'm sure you can tell the story in three minutes. Let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear it. Make us laugh. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Find out all the different ways you can interact with us here at the show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Now, speaking of knowing people, I bet you know some other off-road enthusiasts that may not be Jeep owners. That's okay. We won't hold it against them. But do them a favor. The next time you're out on the trail, be sure to tell them about the 4x4 Radio Network. When they're relaxing, calming down after you've pulled them off of that obstacle that they couldn't make it over, they can go to 4x4radionetwork.com and check out the other off-road shows like the 4x4 Podcast, the On the Trail Podcast, Center Steer Podcast, and the Trail Chasers Podcast, even the Jeep Talk Show if they're into it. They may not own a Jeep, but that doesn't mean they have to go without great off-roading podcasts. Turn them on to the 4x4radionetwork.com website. 4x4radionetwork.com Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, tips on buying a used winch. This is Royal Barber from the Toledo Jeep Wrangler plant, and you're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? 
Rugby Talk Show is in my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Dog Show. I support a great podcast, been a lifelong Jeeper myself, continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, advice, and learning. And on this Thanksgiving Day, I want to thank you for being a paid subscriber or just a listener to the Jeep Talk Show. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, Josh, you mentioned that Tony was out wheeling and made it over an obstacle merely because he had uh, better tires. And I've got to tell you, I've had all kinds of tires Mud terrains, all terrains. I even went wheeling with studded snow tires at one time. I don't like to talk about that. <laughs> but I've had uh, Falcon Wild Peaks, Pagoda Mile Stars, and whatever was on sale. And now I'm running some uh, Nexian Rodian MTs. And I got to tell you, it's the driver, not the machine. I wheel just as crappy no matter what tire I have on. And I am always stuck. No matter what tire I get. But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that it's really hard to let a loved one go. Yeah, but sometimes it's the only way to avoid a mountain climbing catastrophe. And that is a throwback to the Sylvester Stallone hit movie Cliffhanger. Yeah, it's an oldie but a goodie. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later and have a good one. Bye. <laughs> that, that's actually the, what was going through my mind. Exactly. Was, I, was I know. Like, I was wow, like cliffhanger. That, yep. Yeah. That's, that's it. exactly the movie I was thinking about, Nikki oh, G. Get man. out of my head. Right. Yeah. John Lithgow needs to stick with comedy. I mean, he did a good bad guy in that one, but he needs to stick oh. with comedy. He's just really funny. Yeah. I remember him playing a, well, no, and it wasn't John Lithgow. Never mind. I was thinking of a, of a different actor. He was a uh, transvestite, uh, ex-football player that was a transvestite in uh, the... Uh, what was it? The 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 world according to Garp, the Robin Williams movie. That was I don't that was one that. twisted movie. I'll look up the uh, the proper name of it, but uh, his his name was Garp, uh, I believe. You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I just, I, it's tech talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Winch. I said winch. I learned my lesson about enunciating certain words on this show long ago, after that debacle of a segment called, uh, titled, How to Break in Your Winch. A few people misheard me, and well, we got a lot of nasty emails. But that's <laughs> not why I'm calling. A winch is a great tool, and when you need one, you, you really need one. That pretty much means that when you need a winch that you can count on, because you, well, you need to count on one, because using it usually means it's your last resort. In today's flooded market of inexpensive, dare I say cheap, winches, the perfect compromise between one of those $299 hot-off-the-boat Harbor Freight winches and a much better but much more expensive $1,200 brand new winch is to buy a high-quality used winch. I will take an old and crusty, rusted-up, barely-working-but-reliable quality winch over a brand new cheap one that smells like toxic off-gassing plastic any day of the week, twice on Sunday. And given that with some looking in a little bit of know-how, you can find a great used winch for a fraction of what a new high-quality one would cost. 
So why wouldn't you buy a used one? Now, I've bought there you go, and or installed my fair share of used winches over the years, and I have learned a few lessons about what to look for and what to avoid. For instance, I bet you didn't know that high-quality name-brand winches are much like any other part of your Jeep. They can be rebuilt. A slightly broken, older, worn, Ramsey or Super Winch probably has a better chance of working when you absolutely need it to than that brand new junk from the discount tool store. And by slightly broken, I mean it doesn't need much more than a few new parts and a little bit of love to get it fully functional again. If that is the case, then you can bet it will last longer than some unheard of manufacturer's winch with all that flashy modern bells and whistles that nobody really needs anyways. Who cares if it's got a wireless key fob if it can't even pull a beer out of the six-pack? I'll take reliability over flashing LED lights and beeping indicators any day of the week. So when it comes down to investing in something that might not only save your vehicle one day, but that could save your life, well, then you need to be armed with as much advice as you can so that you can get that winch on the front of your Jeep sooner and with more confidence. So what we're going to do over this Tech Talk and probably one more is going to cover the different styles of winches out there. Yes, there are more than one. We'll cover load rating and power consumption needs as well. We'll go over some of the more common models that you're likely to come across when searching for a used winch. And we'll outline the things that you need to know, we'll need to look out for, and how to identify them and how to troubleshoot potential problems with that diamond in the rough that you just found on Craigslist. And speaking of Craigslist, that's not the only source for a used winch here. Marketplace and OfferUp are absolutely blowing up right now, and it might be the same in your area too. Don't forget about your local four-wheel drive shop either. They might have some takeoffs for sale. I know the ones around here do all the time. And these are going to be used winches pulled off of another four-wheel drive vehicle because the owner decided to upgrade and didn't want the old one, or received a responsible or a decent offer from the, uh, the shop that, uh, to buy and resell the unit. Be sure to hook up with the local off-road clubs too, if you're not already, that is. Jeepers are always upgrading or trying to sell off the used and, ab and abused or outright broken gear to somebody who can make use of it. Keep a diligent eye out though, as you'll be able to ask detailed questions of the previous owner's use of the winch and might be able to get a screaming deal as well. Also be sure to check some of those smaller used car lots and auto auctions as well. They could be a good source. Oftentimes a vehicle is stripped of much of its aftermarket goodies before it goes to the auction block and, well, they'll carry a higher value in a private sale than outside the auction. It might take a little more footwork, but you just might find the deal of a lifetime too. You just got to do the put, put in the work. And yes, of course, there's also eBay. But shipping on a used winch might be a bit much and, well, sort of goes against the concept of buying a winch on a budget in the first place. All right, so... Now that we know the kinds of places where to look for a used winch, let's talk about what to look for. The first step to buying a used winch is to know what you're looking for. You'll need to decide what style of winch you want. A low-profile one? Maybe one of those older classic upright winches to match the look of that CJ7 you're building. Chances are, however, a PTO winch is probably going to be off your radar, so I'm going to avoid talking about those altogether. And we're going to go ahead and assume that you don't have an existing hydraulic system on your Jeep, so we'll avoid hydraulic winch systems as well, although both of these systems are extremely powerful and very reliable. Now, most people opt for the more common wide drum style of winches that you see more and more on the front of Jeeps. Now that we have a basic idea of the shape of the winch that we're looking for, we're going to need to figure out what size of, uh, of, the, of the winch or how heavy of a rating that you're going to need for your particular Jeep. 
Now, a good rule of thumb is to take the gross vehicle weight rating, the GVWR, of your Jeep and multiply it by 1.5. So, for example, if you've got something like a 2016 JK Wrangler Rubicon two-door, you can find the GVWR rating on the sticker that has the manufacturer's date code or sometimes along with the tire information sticker. These can typically be found on the door jam on the driver's side. Or just a quick visit to the Jeep's web to Jeep's website. Well, shows that uh, you know the vehicle's GVRW is right about uh, right about 5,400 pounds. Multiply this by 1.5, and you get your minimum capacity. In this case, it's about 8,100 pounds. So with that information, we know that an 8,000-pound rated winch is going to be a good place to start. But for some extra grunt, you can move up to a 9,000 or a 9,500-pound winch. Remember, you can always go up in capacity, but you never want an underrated winch, as it likely won't be able to recover you from being stuck. Sure, it might be able to pull you across flat ground, but up an incline or out of a mud hole, likely not going to do much at all. The higher the load rating, the faster it is likely to pull the same rig out as well. An 8,000-pound rated winch will have to work a quite a bit harder to pull out that JK out of a mud hole than, say, a 9,500-pound winch. Now, speed isn't always a critical issue unless you're in competition, so don't get hung up on drum speed or, or things like that. At the end of the day, getting pulled out of a situation is all that matters. Getting unstuck is way more important than how fast you do it. And how hard that winch works brings us to our next point in buying a used winch, and that's power consumption. Now, I'll get into this one on the next Tech Talk segment, as there are several things to take into consideration, and I want to make sure that I don't throw too much at you all at once. So in next week's Tech Talk on episode 720, we're going to continue the segment with what kinds of things that your Jeep will need in order to successfully install a winch in the first place. We'll also get into some of the models that you're likely to find out there and what to look out for on them. This is really cool. I never thought about trying to go used, but I know that uh, there's lots of things you have to look for. So there's more you need to cover on that too for people to yeah, be aware so of when they buy something used. I just kind of want to put a bee in your bonnet, as it were, using that, that old uh, uh, turn of phrase there, you know, to just to get you to understand the concept of, well, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. I know how to turn a wrench, a screwdriver. I got a little bit of technical aptitude. I'm willing to save five or six hundred bucks or more mm -hmm. on, on a very, very nice winch. If all it's going to take is a hundred bucks in parts and an afternoon on the workbench, oh, I can do that. That's the kind of mindset I want you to be in. You don't have to spend 800, 900, 1200 bucks on a winch to get one on the front of your Jeep. You also don't have to skimp out and going with that, you know, $279, $379 nope. special at, at, the, at the discount parts store. You're honestly going to be better off spending that money elsewhere and maybe adding a little bit to it. So if all you've got in the winch piggy bank, piggy bank is, uh, is 300 bucks, hang on to it. Don't go anywhere. The next Tech Talk, I'm going to teach you how to get the most out of your money and exactly what you're going to be looking at having to do. Anything to add, Jeeper? Maybe you have a question for Tech Talk? Just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. I'm always looking for topics to cover on Tech Talk. Who knows? One of our next Tech Talk segments might be a, a concept or an idea that you send in to us. Hi, people. Let's bring this meeting to order. We've got a new member with us. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, uh, hi, everybody. I'm Sid, and I've been sober for 42 days. Hi, uh, this is Sid. Do, do you guys know about the Jeep Talk Show? Oh, come oh. on. Get down, Sid. Uh, go have a drink. The Jeep Talk Show. We don't specialize in that kind of recovery. 
Hey, coming up on our uh, next interview, uh, episode 717, Dennis Wood of Terraflex.com. So, oh, love me, Terraflex. So we don't know when people are listening to this uh, this episode that was uh, released on Thanksgiving 2022, but... Um, it's 2035, you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know about everybody, but I love hearing about food, and I was just kind of curious, uh, what was uh, what was the food... Uh, for your Thanksgiving, uh, Josh, and Wednesday, Wednesday, Wendy, you're on deck, so uh, you'll be next on this. <laughs> okay, good. You know, my Thanksgiving fare is is pretty uh, traditional, I-, I guess you would say, um, uh, common, if you will. I-, I-, I always do a turkey, of course. Uh, turkey and Thanksgiving, yeah, I mean, it, it, it goes hand in hand, uh, and I, I'm kind of surprised I only heard the turkey gobble once on this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's there's that. Um, but uh, so I, my turkey, um, I, I usually go a little bit special, usually free range bird. Um, uh, it's, uh, um, uh, you know, organic, natural, whatever. Uh, I, I don't do like a butterball or, or something like that typically. Um, I usually do a 24 hour brine. Uh, as well, uh, typically that that has uh, a fair amount of, uh, of citrus and salt in it as well. Uh, and then um, uh, the Thanksgiving morning, that comes out of the brine. Uh, the turkey gets slathered, it gets dried off first and foremost, uh, and then gets slathered in butter. I usually go for about two to three sticks of butter. Um, and then on top of all of that comes the seasonings um, and, and the rub. And so we, we, you know, it's garlic and salt and pepper and paprika uh, typically some poultry seasoning, of course, maybe a, a little bit of time if I don't have that. Um, and, and then that, you know, wrapped up in foil goes into the oven and, and everything else starts uh, coming in after that. So, um, it's typically, um, you know, the sweet potatoes, I do that. I do mashed potatoes as well. I do a massive homemade from scratch, um, uh, uh stuffing. Uh, nothing is canned. I, I, the sweet potatoes, those are scratch, uh, you know, potatoes, uh, mashed potatoes and gravy. That's all from scratch as well. Uh, my stuffing has got things like shredded carrot, uh, apricot, um, uh, dried cranberries, uh, hazelnuts and stuff like that. And of course, the, you know, all the onions and, and, uh, and celery and stuff like that as well. Um, it's very, very hearty, very, very flavorful uh, as, as well. Um, and that gets, that gets cooked about the same time as the turkey. There's all sorts of aromatics that are being uh, cooked with the turkey as well. That's in a big roasting pan. So all those... All those flavors and smells are all kind of getting uh, combined into the uh, uh, into into the uh, the stuffing and stuff as well. So um, and then it's you know it's the it, it's the the cranberry sauce and and uh, and everything else. I always do you know a little bit of a uh, of a relish tray and stuff like that. So I've got you know fresh fruit or fresh uh, fresh vegetables, uh, some ranch dip, you know things like that as well. Big big heavy hearty dinner dinner rolls of course uh, as well. Uh, you know all the all the traditional fare that you would expect to to find around a Thanksgiving dinner. Um, I don't typically do like the green bean casserole though. Uh, I will sometimes do a a green bean dish, uh, but usually that is um, what what I, I I I developed a term called froaching. It's not quite a saute. It's not quite a fry. It's not quite a poach. Um, and and that's how I do um, vegetables and eggs. They they kind of get a little bit of a poach, and then they get a little bit of a sauté afterwards. Um, and um, and that kind of gets a uh, best of both worlds kind of cooking uh, involved. And so you get a a well cooked uh, vegetable that's not mushy, but hasn't been overcooked, and still has a lot of its flavor and color still. Uh, and then that yeah, that gets uh, some extra seasoning and stuff as well. This year, I think I'm going to be doing a uh, a Brussels sprout dish, uh, and that will have uh, some bacon 
some cocktail onions and um, a balsamic reduction that I'm going to do on that as well. So uh, that will be the vegetable dish to go along with uh, with everything else. And Wendy, you can just say TV dinner, uh, turkey and dressing TV dinner. <laughs> no, actually, I was going to say I, I drove up to Josh's for Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's what I did, yeah, because that sounds, it, it was, it's awesome. And yes, I, ours are very similar, although I don't go to the extent of everything that he did, but I, I do that. I'm big on the desserts. I like to make a pumpkin yeah. pie and then some other oh, kind yeah. of a pie, but everything's from scratch as well. So that's kind of fun to do, but yeah, no, I if I, if I live close enough to Josh, I'd be at Josh's house for Thanksgiving. It sounds wonderful. I, I, holiday meals at my house are, are something to behold. I, this yes. is the only time of year that I go all out. And, and you and, should. That's and, wonderful. Well, my, my grandma told me something a long, long time ago. My, my grandmother uh, was one of the very uh, most influential people in, in my ability to cook. Um, and I learned a lot from her. And, uh, and it's to this day that, that I typically don't follow recipes, uh, too much. I, I might like the very first time, but then after that, I, yeah, I have made modifications most yeah. definitely, uh, friends don't let friends cook stock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so my, my, uh, my recipe gets modified, uh, quite heavily. And it's like, it's, it's a dash of this. It's a pinch of that. It's not a teaspoon of this or a tablespoon of that. Um, it is, I add the right amount. Mm-hmm. I add this ingredient and it is as much as i feel is necessary to to give me the texture or the the set or the flavor or the taste that i'm looking for um and and so that's that's how a lot of that uh, that comes to comes to be now there is one thing i suppose does come out of a can uh that's my pumpkin pie mix i i don't i don't cook a pumpkin pie from scratch i don't i don't carve out a pumpkin for its pumpkin meat to make into a pumpkin pie i wonder what I, that I would with, do as far as flavor goes i wonder what difference that would make because i think everybody uses the pumpkin uh, uh paste or whatever you know the, right I, I go with the libby's it's the same brand that yeah. my grandma used it works. back in the day you <laughs> oh, know yeah. with the, you got to use the condensed milk and you know all that sort of stuff and you got to put in all the all the spices and everything so i mean I, yeah i mean it's it's, a, it's still a production you're still making it from scratch, m- right. more or less. But uh, yeah, but I guess the pumpkin time. pie mix and my cranberry uh, cranberry sauce is is both out of a can. Um, I've tried doing the cranberries, um, you know, cooking the cranberries myself, um, yeah. but it just doesn't. Oh. I don't know. I I, I I just can't quite get there. My uh, wife. And I don't like the cranberry jelly. I like the I like the the whole cranberry. Yeah, you know I do too. But my wife makes this uh, this cranberry production thing with orange peels and. Uh, I yeah, think there's some uh, pecans in it or something, and it, it's it's wonderful, just absolutely really? wonderful. Yeah, well, you should share the, yeah. should have her share the recipe with us. I'll I'll have like to do know. that. So yeah. speaking of recipes, this is something that uh, my mom used to make uh, on Thanksgiving, and that was the only time of year that I ever remember having it, and I always look forward to it. Uh, you guys may already know about uh, about this. It's called cherry coke salad. Well, okay, so tell us more. Okay, so the, so this is maybe is something new to you. Uh, so it is a 20 ounce can of crushed pineapple uh, in heavy syrup, drained with syrup reserved. Uh, it is uh, 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 Bing cherries in heavy syrup. Uh, I'm starting to see why I liked it. Drained and chopped with uh, syrup reserved. Uh, packages of cherry flavored gelatin. Uh, a can of Coca Cola. A chopped uh, a cup of chopped pecans and a package of cream cheese. Cut into half-inch cubes. 
and of course it's a cold dish and i guess really it's it's a dessert um but it is it has the coke flavor it has the cherry flavor i want uh, the has, recipe it <laughs> has the, fabulous has the pecans in it and it was something that i always looked forward to and uh, my uh, my mom gave the the recipe to my wife i don't know that we're having it uh that we're having it the the you know thanksgiving 2022 so is it is it like an ambrosia like when you put it all together, so more dense, I think. Yeah, more it's, it's kind of like a Jello with with stuff in it. Oh, uh, and I, I, I could have sworn it. there was uh, like uh, um, uh, celery in it too, uh, but maybe there was in my mom's recipe. But I don't see it uh, in here. I'll have to include Oops. a picture of this I, in the notes. Yeah, I made I made the the celery Jello thing uh, not all that long ago, where it's like lime Jello, celery, yes, cottage cheese. That. And pineapple or and some Ooh. nuts or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but uh, it was something that I hadn't had since I was a kid. I don't remember why it popped into my head, but I was like, oh, I need to make this. I forgot about that one dish that I had back in a, as a kid. It was served like on a leaf of lettuce or something like that to be fancy. And, right. and it was, it was, you know, I mean, back in the day, it was all about the jello molds, right? You know, the jello salads. Yes. And so, so this kind of fell, fell into, Ooh, into that. That looks category, awesome. But, Is that... Is that the picture, Tony? It is the picture. And, oh, my uh, you, gosh. And you guys will see recipe. it in the show notes uh, for this episode, episode 617. So, um, on the, the ambrosia, it, does that have uh, coconut in it? If I, Am I thinking about the right no, thing? No, ambrosia usually is like a whipped cream or some kind of a whipped. I thought the cream cheese might have been whipped up to kind of emulate like a whipped cream. That's what ambrosia usually has, a whipped cream base to it. And then you put whatever you want in it, grapes, pineapple, whatever. Yeah. So I don't think we ever, we ever had this on Thanksgiving, but it just reminds me of this with the Jello talk. Uh, my wife uh, and I'd never had this before, but my wife came up with a stuff that is uh, like uh, it's either strawberry or cherry uh, Jello mix and a lot of uh, uh, whipped cream. Uh, the uh, what's the stuff? The 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 Cool Whip. Cool Whip, yeah, a lot of Cool Whip. Uh, it's very light and fluffy. And uh, like a can of uh, mixed, uh, uh, not vegetables, fruit, yeah, fruit cocktail, like cocktail mix, yeah. yeah. And the fancy name she gave it was the pink stuff, <laughs> <laughs> and it is just one, you know, refrigerated, very cold. Yes, it's yeah. wonderful. That's and, and yeah, some that's of the, more like an ambrosia salad. There, okay. And then some of the the, the uh, funniest posts I ever made was uh, eating that for breakfast and say, "There's nothing like having pink stuff in the morning." <laughs> big stuff oh man i i would love to share if you'd share both of those recipes that sounds awesome yeah. i would do it yeah it's uh it's really pink good. stuff is what they call insulation out here yes like the, yeah the, the pink fiberglass insulation or, pink stuff. or like uh, pepto-bismo pink yeah. oh there you go, there so you I, go. I was recently up and down in the uh, the attic and some of the uh, the fi- uh, pink fiber uh, fiberglass insulation oh, was no. on the floor and uh, my oldest daughter uh, referred to it as the uh, the spicy cotton candy. <laughs> no, 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 no. Do not. Do not. And I told her, no. I said, you know, you're an adult. You're more than able to take care of yourself. But, yeah. as, but as a parent, as soon as you said, you was a, a chat or something, she, as soon as she said spicy uh, cotton candy, I was like, oh, no, don't eat that. And it's, of course, she knows better. That. She's just making a joke. <laughs> but you're never, I told her, you never stop being a parent. All right, Tony. Yeah. So what, how was your Thanksgiving very good, very good. I mean, uh, oh, does anybody do uh, turkey and ham, or is it only turkey or only just, ham or just, only turkey? Just, I, I do just the turkey. Yeah, I do the turkey. two meats on uh, on Christmas because uh, uh, everybody who's not my family doesn't like uh, prime rib for some reason. So 
that's weird. What? That is weird. <laughs> I was like, how can you, how could you not yeah, no. prime rib? Prime rib <gasps> is the best. Oh my gosh. So I usually do a small prime rib, um, and, uh, and then a small ham as well. So that, that'll be Christmas. All righty. Well, uh, we uh, hope you guys had a, a great Thanksgiving. And if you're listening to this on Thanksgiving Day, thank uh, thank you for making us a part of your uh, Thanksgiving Day. And how uh, many people do you think fell asleep with a tryptophan coursing through their system while listening to the Jeep Talk Show? <laughs> I, I'm exactly. just, like, nobody falls asleep <laughs> listening to the Jeep Talk Show. Well, that's true. Listen to it first and then have the, have the turkey. <laughs> well, there's some poor bastard that's nodding to his wife and he's got the earbud in the opposite ear. <laughs> That's listening right. to the show and instead of listening the shitting to the grin on his face yeah, half the night listen, <laughs> exactly. listen to the conversation is uncle bob drinking I, he seems too happy <laughs> <laughs> well what do you think jeeper should we throw some uh, thanksgiving uh, recipes into our next newsletter how about that for you and speaking of yeah. our newsletter we should si- have you sign up for that right away head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and, and while you're there, uh, use that link that you're going to find to click and sign up for the newsletter to sign Grandma up for the news- newsletter as well. Uncle Bob? No, him too. In fact, the whole family needs to get the newsletter next week. You know those email addresses. Make it happen. JeepTalkShow.com slash contact. Sign up for the newsletter today. And uh, don't worry. It's just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. Well, that's all the Thanksgiving Jeep Talk Show there is for now, Jeeper. Until our next show, be sure to do some neck exercises. A lifetime of wheeling is hard on the vertebrae. Trust me. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Why don't you pass me the mashed potatoes? I've been asking for like 25 minutes. Podcasting since 2010.